Well, praise the Lord and welcome to all of you who are joining us now on Facebook and YouTube. We are so glad that you could be with us. I'm Pastor David Kufal, and this is New Life. And we are so glad that you could join us here at New Life this morning on our virtual at our virtual campus where you're at and with all of us here at our campus at 1021 South Center Street in Wapaton, North Dakota. So if you're ever in Wapaton or Breckenridge area, please come out and join us in person. Um, and we've been having a great time here in the Lord this morning. If you have your Bibles, take your Bible and turn to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. And we are continuing our series on a season for being thankful. With all the craziness, in the world, we still have things to be thankful for. With all on with not knowing who the president, well, we kind of know, but we don't know who the president is, um, <clears throat> we have a time to be thankful. You know what? Let them take care of that mess. But let Jesus take care of us. Amen? You know, he's the king. He's our king. We, don't, we really belong to a heavenly kingdom. Amen? And so uh, let's not worry and fret too much about what's happening in politics right now. God will have that all sorted out. Besides, he's the one who lifts up leaders. He's also the one who tears down leaders. And it's all up to him. Now, we just do our part when we just go and vote. And we go prayerfully. And we, pr we vote our faith. Just like in everything else we do, we live our faith. And so when we go to work, we live our faith. When we go to the grocery store, we live our faith. When the guy cuts us off in the parking lot, we still try to live our faith. <laughs> right? So, praise the Lord. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you and praise you, Lord, for this time together in the Word. Lord, touch all those who are joining us from home or wherever they are on their devices, Lord. Touch them, meet their needs, Lord. And all of us here at our campus or there on their devices, Lord, meet our needs. Lord, touch us. Help us to be thankful in all things. Lord, being thankful to you for everything makes us feel much better. Lord, it takes away the fear of COVID. It takes away the fear of uncertainty. It takes away the fear of our finances not covering everything. Because Lord, when we are thankful to you, we start remembering that you got it. And Lord, you will provide and you will take care of us and you can heal us. And Lord, you can protect us. And when we start getting thankful, all of a sudden we get bold. And Lord, we know you are in control because Lord, you got this. Jesus, you have not abdicated. You're still on your throne. And Father, mm, you loved us so much that you gave us Jesus so we can be saved. And not only that, when Jesus asked, you sent your Holy Spirit to indwell us and to make intercession from our very heart while Jesus sits next to you make an intercession for us right there in heaven. Oh Lord, how much when we start realizing that we have Jesus in us, the one who's never lost a battle, who's always won, who the, the only one that all the demons and Satan himself are afraid of, Living in us, Lord, for Lord, you said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so, Lord, we just praise you for being in us, Jesus. Thank you for our salvation. And thank you, Lord, that you have 
our lives in your hand. And I thank you for your anointing to preach this word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes we need some reminding. Come on. Sometimes we need just to be reminded, to be thankful. Come on. Especially, it's important in the time that we live in. Right? Oh, praise the Lord. I, oh, next week I'll have my robot on there. And so I'll be able to walk over here and you're not going to lose me. Because yeah, um, being a Pentecostal preacher, we don't like to stand still too much. You know, we get, to, we get wanting to shout and jump and run and do all those things. And, <sighs> but until I get the robot hooked up to the camera, um, I'll just stay here, chained to my desk, and just preach the Word. <laughs> and I'm thankful that we have Facebook so that we can reach you. That we have YouTube so we can reach you. It's a different age we're living in. You know what the good old days are now? Pre-COVID. It's no longer um, grandpa's days anymore. The good old days are what we had before COVID. And this going forward, after everybody gets their vaccine, the world is never going to be the same as it was before. And the thing is that I'm excited about, God has given His people a fresh slate. He has given us a fresh day. Uh, he's given us a time when we can get anointed by Him, every one of us, not just the preachers, but all the lay people. He wants to use us like He did in the first century. When, when the church was young and new and vibrant, God would raise up men and women of valor. Oh, doesn't that sound good? I've been praying for men and women of valor to be raised up here at New Life. We really need some men of valor. I got a lot of women of valor, but we need some men of valor. Amen? Men who, who, who want to serve the Lord even though they're not perfect. What? You don't have to be perfect to serve the Lord. Amen? Because nobody can live up to... Jesus is the only one who ever was perfect. Right? My word, you look at all the guys in the Bible... You look at all the men and women in the Bible, they all had their flaws, didn't they? We see the good, the bad, and the ugly. And I'm so glad that God shows them all because you know what? If we didn't see all those things, we never think we could live up to, to the Word of God and to what God would have for us. But you know what? Who did God use? Think about it. He used a bunch of roughnecks. Come on. He used men's men. Right? Fishermen. Hunters. Warriors right? He even used some gang members. You know, once he got them saved, they were no longer any, you know, those roughnecks. But you know what? They still understood what it was to be stubborn for the Lord and to do what was right. Hey, Paul the Apostle, he still lost his temper, didn't he? After he was saved, Right? Oh my word, Peter just traveling around with Jesus. How many times did he put his foot in his mouth? And yet he got to preach the very first sermon. Aren't you thankful for all those characters in the Bible? Do you think Deborah was completely perfect? Oh, and women just love Esther. But you know, wasn't she afraid? And didn't she have to have Mordecai say to her, you know, Esther, this could be that you were raised up for such a time as this. And she went and she became bold for the Lord to the saving of her people. 
Now, let's get into Corinthians chapter 4, starting in verse 2. And, and I want you to understand something. Prayer and thanksgiving go hand in hand. What does Corinthians, I mean Colossians 4, verse 2 say? Paul says, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with what? Thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? You, you know what that's talking about? Continue earnestly in prayer. Continue means never stop praying and never stop praying with thanksgiving. Come on. Paul says that we, we should never cease from praying. And, and, and I'm not talking about your, you know, you've got your formal quiet time. Hopefully you have a quiet time when you can just get in the Word and read the Word and pray the Word. If you haven't learned about praying the Word, we can teach you about that. But praying the Word is an awesome thing. As you're reading, all of a sudden you start talking to the Lord about what you're reading. Don't you know the Holy Spirit's there to teach you anyway? And you start praying, you start praying the Word. And, and, and just like with this verse, Lord, Paul says here I'm supposed to be continually earnestly in prayer. How in the world do I do that? And you know what? He'll speak to you through His Word and through others. And He might even speak through His, his still small voice. Those are the three ways God speaks to us, you know. But it's, it's never ceasing, never stopping. So if you're at work and you have to push a broom, what a mundane job that is, right? Do you ever have to clean up after work? And, you're put, and all you want to do is get out of there and go home to see your wife and kids, right? And you're pushing the broom and you're just trying, And instead of thinking, about, I, I wish I could just get this, you just start praying while you're pushing the broom. And you know what? It go, the time goes faster. The time goes faster. Or, or, or I, I, I thank God for assembly people who work the assembly line. I don't know how men and women can work the assembly line. I've tried it. It takes a special person, a, a special person uh, who can stand there and do something over and over and over again. You know, I don't know how you don't uh, count the seconds while you're doing it. And you say, well, I do it because... I need to make a living. I got bills to pay. Well, but I still say it takes a special person who can do it because I've seen, I've worked with men and women who've worked those jobs and they're walking out of work smiling on their face. Probably smiling because they get to go home now, but they're smiling at lunch break and, and whatever. And it's like, man, I don't know how you do it. You're, God made you special. See, everybody has a special ability and things that they can do like the farmer. You know, he has to rely on the Lord for everything. I mean, the farmer goes out and he, he plows up the field, he puts the seed in there, he spreads his chemical and fertilizer, and he trusts God to send the rain. And he trusts God that those plants are going to grow. And he trusts God that everything's going to be right for the harvest. He's got to trust the Lord in so much and be thankful for the Lord in all things. However, that's a special person who could go out and be a farmer. Every job has somebody special. And then... The cool thing about God, He will use any of us. It doesn't matter if you work on an assembly line or you work in the field or whatever. You, if you're a mechanic, we're fixing cars. Thank God for good mechanics. And, 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 and whatever you are doing, and He can use you in what you do. What was Paul's other job besides preaching the gospel? He was a tent maker. He made tents. So when people were traveling, they could pitch their tent and stay dry and warm. 
And so that was his other job. And he taught people how to make tents as well as preach to them. And for 15 years, he spent his time in Tarsus making tents at his father's tent-making shop. Can you imagine? I'm called to preach the gospel. But God sent him home for a season. And it turned out to be a good thing because with some churches he was at, he had to be a tent-maker to take care of his own needs while he was there. It also says we are supposed to pray earnestly earnestly not giving up you know the did you ever hear the old the old saying the squeaky wheel gets the grease you know jesus referred to that when he talked about the widow woman and the unjust judge remember that parable in the in the gospels well this woman her sons were taken um, because she couldn't pay a debt so her sons were taken they were going to be sold off into slavery and it was unjust what happened there and, and so she kept on going back to the judge, pleading with the judge, set my boys free. You know, this is not a, not a real, you know. She just kept on pleading with him. And she'd go to him every day and drove this poor judge. Only a, only a mother could do this. She just drove that judge nuts. And Jesus said she was in her rights. And she drove that poor judge until the judge was finally said, I can't take it anymore. I don't, she's going to keep on bugging me. She's going to keep on coming over here. And because she didn't give up, she earnestly pleaded for her boys. He set them free. Gave them back to her. He says, otherwise she's going to be, continue to bug me the rest of my life. And so it's not, we need to be earnest. Don't give up in your prayer. You know, sometimes we give up right when God's going to send the answer. We should never give up. We, we just have to have that faith in God. No, no matter what, Lord, I know you have this situation in your hands and I'm not going to give up. And if I have to, Jesus says it's okay to keep bugging you. And besides, sometimes we forget to ask in Jesus' name. Jesus says, if you ask anything to my Father in my name, right? Remember, always go before the Lord. Plead Jesus to him. It was Jesus who bought your salvation. Come on, he, he did so much work on the cross for you so you could be saved. And then it says being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Vigilant. Man, let me ask you a question. I know some of your grandparents here and some of you have been our parents here. How, how much easier was it for your kid to get something from you when they were had an attitude of being thankful for what you've already given them. Right? How much easier is that? Instead of having, how, how do you feel about it when your kid comes to you and they're acting entitled? They're demanding that you give them something because they're entitled to it. Man, you respond to that differently than if that child says, Mom, thank you for making us chocolate cake. That was good chocolate cake. Could I have a cookie now? Oh, that's a whole different... Now, now, if it's just right after they got the chocolate cake, that's a whole different story. But I'm talking about the next day. You're probably going to say, sure, you can have a few cookies, and here's a glass of milk to go with it. But if they come here just demanding, Mom, give me some cookies. How do you feel? No, you don't feel like giving a mess and thing. That's how we should... We should be thankful to God for all of our blessings so that when we go before Him with a thankful heart... Guess what? 
It makes it really He's going to want to answer our prayer. Besides, he, he lo- by the way, He loves you so much, the greatest thing He ever did was saved you. Pastor Emeritus in my very first church, Pastor Vaughn used to say, if the Lord did nothing else for me but save me, I'd be satisfied. I'd be satisfied. If He did nothing else but save me, that's all I needed. Verse 3 and 4. Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the Word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. The next thing, not only are we should pray with thanksgiving, but we should pray for open doors. Open doors. We always hear that saying, if God closes the door, He'll open up a window. No, well, let's pray for doors. It's easier to get out of a door than a window. Right? I know some of you, some of you that when you were teenagers, you're probably crawling out windows. What was easier, the door or the window? Right? Of course, she's saying, Pastor, why did you have to look at me? Aren't you glad they can't? Aren't you glad they can't see you from home? <laughs> Pray for each other that God would use us to spread the gospel. That use you for the spread the gospel. You know, before Constantine came along, 500, BC, 500 A.D., you know, before he came along, every Christian um, that lived would spread the gospel. They go to work, and, and you know how spreading, the, they would just, they just talk up Jesus. They could help themselves. You know, they just talk up Jesus. You know, Jesus this, Jesus that. And uh, uh, people got so hearing about Jesus, they would get saved. And the pastor didn't have to worry. You know, today we think the pastor's supposed to go out and win all the souls. But back then it was all the people doing it. And what did they expect the pastor to do? Come to church and feed us, pastor. Feed us so that we could go out and tell more people about Jesus. Give us the tools that we need. Tell us the story of Jesus. Get us more. Tell us what the Word says so that we can tell our friends. Because we got a few more friends that aren't saved. And they used to do that. And Constantine came along and said, no, no, no. We can't let the ordinary Christian do that anymore. It can only be the professional clergy. And because he was Caesar, because he was the king, he got away with it. And it robbed us of something special. But I'm telling you, the closer we get to Jesus coming, the more we're going to act like the New Testament church, the church of the book of Acts. And you know what? We got too, there's too many people, you know, I believe we're in the growing in the in the birth pains. If you read Matthew 24, Jesus talks about the birth pains before the great tribulation, and, and we're not. You know, we got people saying the rapture is going to happen pre-trib. We got some people saying it's going to happen mid-trib. Some people are saying we're going to go through the whole tribulation, and so it's going to happen post. I'm not worried about when the rapture is going because that's all in God's hands. I'm. I just know the big next big event for the church is the rapture. But when you're reading. Um, Chapter 24 of Matthew, Jesus, they're asking, what are, the, what are they going to be um, the signs of your coming again? And Jesus goes into this and he says, there's going to be birth pains. And I believe we're in the birth pains. And so I'm, I'm a one that believes that the rapture is going to happen right before the tribulation. But we're going to have to go through these birth pains. And, and so I believe our time is short. I, I, I can't wait 
Jesus is going to come back in the clouds and he's going to give a shout and, and the trumpet's going to be blown. And here's the thing, when you read chapter 24, he tells us how the rapture works. Did you ever read that in 24? Everybody just thinks we're going to go swooping. Yeah, we're going to go swooping. The dead of Christ, of course, Paul says, will rise first and meet us and then we're all going to go together, right? But here's the thing. What Jesus says is there ain't, each of us is going to have an angel that swoops down behind us and grabs us. And he's going to go with us up to Jesus. Now that even makes rapture even cooler, right? And, and, and that's the first resurrection. And, and so there's going to happen again in, in, uh, at the end of the tribulation, there's going to be a time when all the saints that were saved during the tribulation are going to be caught up in the air with us and then we're going to get on some cool horses. Kids, how much... How, what doesn't sound cool to be able to ride a horse that flies? Wouldn't that be cool? Well, in the book of Revelation, it says we're all, all of us who are saved today are going to ride back with Jesus. He's going to have this cool horse he's going to be riding on and we're going to be with him and we're going to be coming down and the battle of Armageddon is going to be raging and the father says enough is enough he's going to send down hailstone Jesus is going to speak the word and it's all going to be over with and then we're going to we're going to watch Jesus get off his horse and land on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives will be split in two and then he's going to start walking to Jerusalem and guess what's going to happen all the Jewish people are going to come out and greet their Messiah. And they're going to escort Him through the gate. You know what? In, the Muslims are so afraid of Jesus coming back. Do you know what the Muslims did? They took the gate that Jesus is going to come back through and they sealed it up. They sealed it up. And for years, when the Muslims had control of Jerusalem, they had a cannon on the other side of the gate. So that when Jesus would come, they could, they could blow the cannon, shoot him with the cannon, and get rid of the Messiah. Well, they don't know our Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus don't worry about having bricks in his way. He can walk through walls. He can live in our hearts. He uses the earth as a footstool. There's nothing impossible for him. And they shoot a cannon, and he just, you know, he's the greatest superhero ever. You know, nobody, Superman isn't even as cool as Jesus. And the difference between Superman and Jesus, Jesus is real. <laughs> so pray that God would use you and God would use everyone here to spread the gospel. Also pray for your pastor that um, the doors would be open for him to preach the gospel more than ever. I'm trying to figure out how to use the internet more. Uh, they're talking about there's a possibility we could have a lockdown for four to six weeks um, coming up in starting in J January. I believe with the vaccine coming out, we won't have to worry about it. But it, it's still a possibility. How do we use this internet? How do we how do we reach more souls for Christ? You know, I, okay, there's, we 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 love. I, I've told the folks, we got to stop calling each other millennials and baby boomers and Zers and all this stuff. The generation that's alive right now, we're one generation that's going to see Jesus. That's how I'm looking at it. But I'll tell you what, you can't go door to door like we used to. What happens when somebody comes knocking on your door you don't know who they are? They're, they're all dressed up nice, you know, and, and they're, they're walking up to the door and they knock on your door. You probably think, uh-oh, it's the Mormons right oh it's the jehovah witnesses they don't even want to open the door so you can tell them about jesus we're not here 
<laughs> We're here to tell you the truth about Jesus Christ. You know how you get into people's homes today? It's through that device that we all put in our pockets. And so I want to learn how to use that more because I'll, I want to tell them the truth about Jesus Christ. I want, the, I want everybody to know that Jesus loves them and saves them. That he, that's why He came. So that we could be saved and forgiven of all of our sins. Can you imagine the, the, the feeling? You know why when you, everybody here who's saved, remember when you, got, you asked Jesus in your heart how good you felt? Right? Remember how wonderful? That, that, to have that total feeling of forgiveness and love that you, that's why you felt so great. That's why you couldn't tell, wait to tell at least three people when you got saved that what you did because you were just over the moon, just, oh, I can't, walking on clouds. It's not like that you heard angels sing. It's just you knew that Jesus was yours and he was living in your heart. I don't want to give the impression that all of a sudden we're, we get these euphorics because we all, when we get, each one of us who gets saved, we get saved in our own way and we feel what we feel in our own way. But remember, the reason why joy is greater than happiness, joy goes beyond emotion. Joy will keep you going even if you, you're like Job and lose everything because your joy is in the Lord and knowing that He's your strength. And he's going to get you through. We need to speak of the mystery. What is of Christ? What is the mystery of Christ? It's the message of the cross. For most people, that's a mystery. How can I? Oh. And the message of the cross starts with his birth until the resurrection. But it's, when we talk about the message of the cross, we're talking about his work in Calvary, what he did for us there. For most people, that's a mystery. How could anybody die for me? How, can you, how could he love me that much that while I was still a sinner, he died for me? Right? Paul says, I'm the chief of all sinners. And he saved me. And if he can save me, he can save anybody. Right? Isn't that kind of... So for most people who aren't saved, it's a mystery. And that's why we need to... to Speak the mystery of the Christ. Make the message of the cross real for them. Open it up for them. But you know what? All you can do is share. It's the Holy Spirit who does the rest of the work. It's the Holy Spirit who softens their heart. It's the Holy Spirit who opens up their heart to the message. All you have to do is tell. You know what? You're not a salesperson. Too many Christians think they have to be salesmen for Jesus. Sail people for Jesus. No, no. All you have to do is share what Jesus has done for you and the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. And then just offer them. Would you like to know Jesus? You know how many... The, the statistics say there's a lot of people out here in Wapit and Breckenridge that want just somebody to come up and tell them how to get saved. They're afraid to ask. You know, today, most people... There's so many who don't go to church today. They, they wouldn't know what to expect if they walked into one. Right? And so we need to help them, meet them where they're at. And don't worry about the chains. You know, this country turns into a social... That's what Paul says here. He says, uh, um, which I'm also in chains, in verse 3. Don't worry about the chains. If this country turns into a socialist country, don't worry about the chains. 
You know the church grows fastest under persecution than it does in good times? It does. Our church and its history grew fastest when we were persecuted in this community than all the years we haven't been persecuted. I mean, if you look, if I could tell you stories about the early days of this church, of one of the women in our church being pistol whipped. And the and I'm not going to tell you who told the husband to do it to her because she asked Jesus into her heart. I won't tell you that part of the story. Not over the internet. And it's a shame. But we have persecution in the early... But God would move. People would walk over the threshold of the door and instantly healed. But to, you know, but the church has had it so good for so long in America. You know, they were nailing, they were actually uh, welding doors to apartment buildings closed in Wuhan, China, when the virus first started. So the people, they couldn't even go to the stores to get food. They were starving in their homes. But that's what happens when you live under that system. But you know what? Christians got bold. They might have been rounded up and put on trains to send to their camps that they have there in China. They do have those. But they were bold. They would walk up down the streets of, of Wuhan, proclaiming very loudly so the people in their homes could hear about Jesus Christ and how they could be saved. You know where the, you know where the Christianity is growing the fastest? is over in China where it's being the most persecuted. You know where the... the, you know the country um, overseas that is that G, the message of the that Christianity is growing the fastest is in Iran that is exciting folks that is exciting and that's where they behead you if you come to know Jesus as Savior we have churches over there but we can't speak about them so that nobody will be arrested and killed that's exciting it's exciting that people are getting saved, not that they're being persecuted. So God has this. So don't worry about chains. There's so many people that are afraid that we're going to turn into a socialist country overnight. Don't live in fear. God has it. He's in charge. And if Christians would be real, well, praise the Lord. We need to pray for each other so that we may make it. The, the gospel manifest as we speak. You know what manifest means? It just means clear. Make it manifest. But it goes beyond just clear that it's real. You know the great thing about the gospel? We don't have to make up stories to make it real. All we have to do is tell them what the book says. Just tell them what the book says. Tell them what Jesus did for you. You know that makes it more real for somebody when you tell them what Jesus has done for you than anything else you can think of. And then he says, walk in wisdom. This is my, we'll wrap it up with this. Walk in wisdom. Verse 5 and 6 says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside redeeming the time. Isn't that interesting he would say that? Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Walking in wisdom. We need this more than ever. And did you know the Bible says in James chapter 1, if you ask God for wisdom, He will give it to you with all liberality. 
my word, there's sometimes we need wisdom from God, don't we? You know, every one of us here doesn't know everything, but God does, right? You might be having a problem with a bill or something. Ask God to give you wisdom how to handle that, and He will. Or you might have a kid who needs you need a little wisdom. Everything I've been trying with that child is not getting through. I have five of them, folks. Four of them all grown, and I got one sitting on the front pew. <laughs> Every one of them were different, and they all responded differently to discipline. And I needed wisdom on how to reach that child to get him to grow up to be a decent human being, a good citizen, but number one, a Christian. And so it takes, and you know what? And everybody knows your kids always are smart, so they figure out how to change. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you have to discipline differently. You know, what's going to work this time might not work next time. So we need that kind of help. We need that kind of wisdom. The, wi the wisdom that we need, though, is how to deal with those outside of the church. I've been asking the Lord, how do we deal with those who have gone through the school system that have been told the Bible is just fables. Give us wisdom, Lord, how to make it real to them. Give us wisdom, Lord, how we can reach them. How can we speak to them? How can we get to where they're at? I'll tell you what, I don't want to see anybody go through the tribulation. And, and, and the other thing I don't want to see is I don't want to see anybody go to hell. Hell's a real place, and it can be avoided. We talked a few weeks ago about that, that it's not Jesus who sends us to hell. It's not God the Father who sends us to hell. It, it's His Word that we choose not to believe that sends us to hell. We do it to ourselves, and we don't have to go there. We can escape it by all we have to do is ask Jesus into our hearts. I knew one guy who says, I'll ask Jesus in my heart when I get my life all cleaned up. Well, let me say this. What does the Bible says? He says he's going to make us fishers of men, fishers of people, right? Right? Boys and girls, moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas. He's going to make us fishers of men. Can I ask you a question? Can you clean the fish before you catch it? <laughs> so even though the fish is swimming in water, he still needs to get cleaned, right? Amen. So you can't clean yourself up, but if you ask Jesus in your heart, he'll clean you all up. And the good thing is you keep on living. <laughs> a fish? Oh, we get all fried up in the, right? Nice batter and mmm. We just watched a movie about a fisherman yesterday. And it says we, we need to be redeeming the time because we don't have time to waste. We need to use our time wisely. So it says, let, Paul gives us some help with doing that. He says, let your speech be with grace. Be very gracious to people as you're telling them about Jesus. Seasoned with salt. What does seasoned with salt mean? Seasoned, use the word. This is what the salt is. You use the word on them. Just tell them what the word says. And you don't have to have it all memorized. You don't have to have the whole road. In, in the 70s and 80s, we're always talking about the Roman road. You don't have to have the whole Romans road memorized. All you have to do is apply the scriptures that talk to your heart. To the, if all you know is John 3.16, man, you've got some good scripture to lay down 
for some good salt to give them. When I moved to Tennessee, I started going to a church with a good pastor. Boy, could he preach. But you know, he was in the Navy when God saved him. There was something unusual about the man. He never learned how to read. He didn't even know how to swim, and he had to go through all sorts of tests to be in the Navy. He had to swim all the way along the bottom of the pool in order to be in the Navy. If you couldn't swim across the pool, um, you had to go to a different branch of the service because, you know, sometimes ships go down and you've got to be able to swim. Well, he never learned how to swim, but he noticed that at the bottom of the pool there was a pipe that ran the length of the pool. So he dove down to that pipe and he dragged himself along the bottom of that pool and got to the other side and they passed him. They saw what he did, but he followed the rules. He got to the other side. He became a chief in the service. He was overseas in Europe and God got him saved. Next thing, and he was a horrible drunk and all these things and when he got saved, he stopped being a drunk. He became wonderful to his wife and uh, just got transformed and then called him into the ministry. Well, I don't know how to read, but I do know one verse, John 3.16. So every week at the church that he was helping out at, he preached John 3.16. And you know what happened? He was getting soul saved. The Navy called him in and says, you've got to stop doing this. He says, I can't. I can't stop. God's called me to preach. So they let him go out of the Navy before his time. Honorably discharged. And then God took him back to the states where another preacher got a hold of him, took him to a Bible college where they taught him how to read and taught him the Word of God, and he became one of the most wonderful preachers. And I got a friend who was in Maine who used to be a Golden Globe boxer who didn't know how to read either. And God wonderfully saved him, called him into the ministry, and, and people said, there's no way you could be in the ministry, Mark, uh, with your deficit of how much you can't read. He says, but all I know is God saved me and the Holy Spirit taught him how to read and he's one of the best preachers you ever want to sit in under in the state of Maine. His church is packed out every week. Maybe it's because he was a golden gold boxer and he says, if you don't show up for church, no, that's not what he does. <laughs> he's a really loving guy. <laughs> when God saved him, <laughs> he doesn't use these for punching anymore. <laughs> he lays hands on people and pray. <clears throat> He says, if we have this great, if we speak graciously and with salt the word of God, he says that the reason for it that you may know how you ought to answer one another. We're also given those tools, like I mentioned. We're given the word of God. We're given the message of the cross. We're given the Holy Spirit that we can rely on because we need boldness in our lives to tell people about Jesus. My word, boy, do we need some boldness especially in this day we live in. And the, Jesus says, I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. Why? So that you can have boldness to be my witnesses. So in conclusion, let us be thankful that God has chosen to use you and me. And let us press into the challenge that lies before us. Let us do it in much prayer and thanksgiving. And let us share the mystery of Christ with others. Amen. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, I thank You and I praise You for Your Word today. Lord, I pray that this encourages us, all of us here who are saved, and that we would be bold to tell others about Jesus. 
Lord, the reason why the world is a mess and our country is a mess right now is because too many don't know You. So Lord, help us not to look at each other with judgment. But Lord, look past, past all the stuff and see their souls in need. And help us to show them Your love by telling them about You so that they can be redeemed, so they can be born again, Lord. We start getting enough people saved. It's going to change the whole atmosphere of our country, Lord. And we just praise You for that in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank You that You saved us. That Jesus, You willingly died for us so that we can be Your children. We praise You for this in Jesus' name. And all of us said, Amen. Oh, God is so good. And for all, for those who are watching, um, you can see our website there. Would you go to our website and just say hello? And, or just say hello there at Facebook. And um, just say hello. And if you want to know how our website is right there. All you have to do is click on it. Everything you need to know about how to get saved is right there. There's even a prayer that you can pray and to ask Jesus into your heart. If you would believe what you're saying and put your faith in Jesus Christ, He will save you and you'll be part of God's family. Well, we will see you Thursday night at 6.30. Amen. Goodbye for now.